Hey guys, Jim Cox, FFJ Advisors, Park Avenue Securities, and I'm here with an interview with Art Mitchell. Um, Art's a consultant and actually an author. He's written a book uh, recently um, that's coming out on conscious living and conscious aging, and um, we had been chatting and I thought it would be an interesting subject to get into, especially with where we are in terms of baby boomers nowadays and the way that the economy is and and kind of people struggling with um, what to do with the next stage of life. So, uh, Art, thanks for taking the time to chat. Thank you very much. It's an honor. Appreciate it. Awesome. So, um, tell me a little bit about yourself. What uh, What's your background and how did you get into looking at the subject of Conscious aging. Okay, that's a lot. Um, <laughs> basically, over the past forty years or so, I've worked in seventeen countries as, as to a large extent, as a consultant, dealing with environmental issues, everything from biodiversity conservation, climate change adaptation, coastal coastal management, protected areas, or national parks environmental policy, things like that. And uh, I have a doctorate in monkeys and trees. That's um, biological anthropology and forestry, which makes me completely, totally unqualified <laughs> to, to write a book, a self-help book on, on, um, on conscious living and conscious, uh, conscious aging. I'm not a psychotherapist. I'm not a counselor, that sort of thing. But that said, I worked through that, and I realized I have my, my own experiences and my own voice. Uh, that I, I would like to, um, to to get out there, and that's how the um, uh, the book came about. I'm in the process of writing it right now. It's um, going through all sorts of different titles. But I don't particularly. First of all, I'm going to throw out something that's, that's going to be really weird to everybody. I, I don't like the word retire or retirement. It, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me personally because of the way I work. Mm. But also, it, it, it's a very emphatic word. It's like you're retiring. You are like leaving life as you yeah. know it. Yeah, it's, it's an end. It's an end instead of part of really a process. Loaded. It's really loaded. Thank you. So um, the book is called Retire. I mean, I, I'm using the word retire right now because I, I guess that's the marketing side of things. <laughs> uh, retire is if your life depends on it, navigating the labyrinth of conscious living and creative aging, which is a mouthful. Uh, it's basically a boomer's guide to uh, uh, creative retirement. It's all about what is conscious aging, um, which of course includes uh, conscious living, and how somebody can move uh, from, let's say, um, a invisible, innocuous, retired, quote-unquote, senior citizen, which is supposed to be a term of respect, but I don't quite get that, and moving into being more of an empowered, uh, conscious elder, which sounds very fancy, but uh, it's it's, uh, it's it's what I'm focusing on. Well, that's the uh, that's the anthropologist in you, right? Yeah. Well, the anthropologist in me was not people; it was monkeys. So let's not go there. Ah. Okay. What? Um, so, what defines conscious living then? Like, how do you? How is that different than what people normally experience? 
conscious. Um, living here really has more to do with life mastery. And conscious living is um, a, a way of managing your life consciously, which, which is not a definition. It's um, basically creating um, the events that you desire and that you want to attract into your life while avoiding or ignoring those that you do not or no longer serve you. It's recognizing that um, aging does involve a certain degree of um, diminishment in terms of uh, physical uh, issues that can come up. It comes uh, a lot of issues of um, uh, anxiety, um, all of of that, that sort of thing. And recognizing, consciously recognizing what's going on in your head and what's going on on the TV and in the news and in the papers and basically everything that's come at you from our society since you were just crawling around on the ground. Uh, By the time somebody um, comes to what our society calls old age, I don't even know what, what what the age is for old age, and it doesn't matter. But basically, let's say retirement age, which is roughly around 65. People already have these preconceived ideas about how they should act and, and what they should do. And unfortunately for, I, I honestly, I think the majority of people, um, they buy into the message that um, they, they really no longer matter. Uh, stay out of the way, and uh, if you're so fortunate, um, um, travel a little, play golf, I don't know, whatever. But I think anybody who, who faces retirement soon realizes that all these things that they wanted to do, they're kind of bucket list, are kind of meaningless without the purpose that they might have had while they were working. So they have to reinvent themselves, and that's my journey. Well, it's more a matter of, I guess of the direction of your life rather than just letting events drive you in a particular direction. Exactly. That's exactly correct. So how does kind of spirituality fit into that? Is that one of the factors that kind of you incorporated into kind of your outlook with this or no? Um, yeah. Um, spirituality is, is very important, whatever that means to to anybody. It means something to me. It might be something completely different to you and, and to your listeners. So I'm not even going to try and define what spirituality is. But but basically, the, the, the process of becoming an elder is spiritual uh, eldering. It involves reviewing your life, uh, examining your life, coming to terms with your mortality, um, whether you think we just got one shot at this or whether there's reincarnation or what, what and everything in between whatever and and also finding your um, if, if by the time somebody hasn't gotten to a certain age doesn't really have a sense of this already it's finding your um, personal truth and, and meaning to your life um, mm. um, and then 
as a spiritual elder, you can be in a position to transmit the wisdom and experience that you learned for your whole life. You've been doing a lot of stuff and then create a legacy and ideally be a mentor to others. And I've worked in 17 countries. Uh, the United States is one of them. And in terms of how society treats its elders, on the surface, ours appears to be very benign. There's always a place for mom. I don't know why it's not dad, but it's, you know. But in actual fact, um, the position of an elder in another society, let's say Bangladesh or Indonesia, for example, is very different. They remain in the family. They are seen as someone who still has meaning and wisdom and and um, they impart this wisdom to their grandchildren at our our um, our, our society uh, unfortunately um, to a large extent there are always exceptions uh, sees when somebody gets to a certain age um, we just throw up throw up our hands and say well I can't deal with mom or dad let's put them away and and when we're not uncaring people but um, and, and, and the person that gets put into the nursing home um, uh, also is bought into that, to the idea that, well, I guess, you know, a place for mom, this is, this is me, and this is where I'm going to be now for the rest of my life. So their, their whole potential uh, that they have is lost. And just one thing I want to say, uh, first of all, is I'm 66, and I feel that I'm living the best years of my life, and I'm beginning to feel a little bit of emotion there, but it's, it's, it's a fact. Uh, your life does not necessarily have to devolve into um, uh, being invisible and, um, and, and innocuous and, and all the rest. Well, that's the key, really, is that there's, there's real value in terms of the experience that you know, can pass on to younger generations and the reality is we kind of modern society, I guess, has gotten us to the point of, you know, devaluating that experience and basically forcing people to relive the same traumas or issues again and again without knowing that other experience that people have had. That's very well put. I mean, we're torturing ourselves, really. as he put it, uh, 
much an intern as a mentor. We're always learning um, while we are hopefully um, dispensing wisdom. And I, I think this is really uh, quite, quite an important point here that we never do stop living, uh, excuse me, learning. And um, uh, our future is, uh, is, is, is reinvention. It's, it's reinventing yourself. I've certainly reinvented myself from being a, uh, a consultant, um, which I can go into, to, to stay, uh, international consultant, to staying home and being a, a transformation coach and a writer. So there's a reinventing there, and I know what I want to do for the rest of my life. And it's not running around to different countries and uh, working for other people. And, and also the other point that's connected with conscious aging and, and being a, a modern elder is when you're curious and engaged, when you remain curious and engaged, you just lose track of your age. You lose track of it. It doesn't make, it's just a number. I mean, that's the way I feel. And, um, and then the last thing that's connected to that by being curious and engaged is how important it is to remind ourselves that our words and our actions matter. They, they, they matter to ourselves, what we do to ourselves, what we say to ourselves, and what we do and what we say to other people. And as you get older, perhaps that's where the wisdom comes in. When you get older, you realize that um, everything does matter. No, I think that that's true. And, uh, you know, I think that there's a... I had like five five different points as you were talking, and and uh, I'm trying to recall some of some of them. Um, you know, the retirement that we're gonna have, or that people nowadays have, compared to our parents or our grandparents, is a lot a lot more. Um, stressed for most people you know there's less security financial security especially um people don't have pensions people don't uh have the same level of health care in some cases um you know so there's and they're living longer and so they're forced to deal with more acute health issues than I guess people were previously. So, you know, in a lot of ways we're dealing with a much more difficult period after our working years than, uh, than previous generations have. That's absolutely correct. We're living longer and, um, that has not yet caught up with the system. Um, and it's great that we're living longer. Um, the average age for men and women is, is, is going up. Um, I don't have all the numbers in front of me. I could, you know, throw them out. You know, the number of people that are so-called baby boomers that are, that are entering retirement now, the numbers are astronomical. And that is going to create a lot of pressures, uh, not only on society, but, but uh, what I care about more is on individuals. And um, we're aware of Abraham Maslow and, and, and his hierarchy of needs and, and self-actualization and self-transcendence being up there at the top. And, um, and the basic need.
needs that need to be met in order to have the freedom to 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 be in that state of awareness. Uh, and I don't mean um, sitting in a lotus position. It's it's, it's being being uh, conscious, a, full, a fully conscious uh, human, and basically. Uh, Actual self actualization is actualizing your potential. True, but in order to in order to true, but in order to get to that point of being conscious and kind of attaining happiness, this is this is, this is my point. Yeah, this is there also point. has to be a level of financial security that just isn't this, there. This is the this is the point that I that I'm trying to make. Um, the, if if some of these basic needs are not met, for example, the financial security. Uh, it's going to make it very difficult to engage in what I've been talking about. Yeah. So the financial security is extremely important. We're living longer. There was a point in my life not too long ago when I was in a depression, and I would lay in bed and think, oh, I just hope I die before Monica, my wife. And, 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 and I know that I'm worth more now dead than alive. And I don't know how... I'm going to have a full, enjoyable life once the money runs out. And this is an anxiety that is shared by many. Those of us who are more fortunate and have been able to build upon the inheritance that they received, they've been able to build upon the savings that they've made, they've had wise investments, um, all I have to say for my situation is 2008. <laughs> um, 2008 was a very bad year. Uh, a lot of people lost their investments. Um, I was in Marin County, California at that time, and I went to the job center because I wanted to stay. I, I could continue being a, a, a consultant, but I decided I, I, I was going to try and stay there. So we would have these big meetings once a week, and there must have been over a hundred people there. And these were executives, and these were these 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 were not you know students or young people. These were people that were seriously affected. And I I have a great fear that this is going to happen again. Yeah. But but if and you might want to talk about that later. But but it's it's um it's it's all about reinventing yourself if you are facing the prospect of retirement. And you don't, and clearly, if things stay the way they are, you are going to wind up without money, enough finances. Um, you're going to have to reinvent yourself in some way so that you will have, have the income uh, coming in. But we're getting into an area here I know is your specialty. And I'm feeling a little uncomfortable about it because money issues are something a little bit too near and dear to my heart. And and um, I made a lot of money, uh, and I can continue to make a lot of money as a consultant. Um, but I don't want to do that anymore. I want to stay home, and I want to do other things, and I want to have community, and I want to write, and all of this stuff. And, um, and, and I know if I get a job here, I'm going to be interviewed by a 25-year-old human resource person, and it's happened. And I will not be hired because I'm older than 65. So with that reality, I had to think, well, fine. What can I do that has meaning to me in my life, but yet has the potential to bring in uh, uh, an income? So I have no advice for anybody. All I can talk to is my, my own personal situation. No, I think that that's um, I think that's exactly correct, and um, 
you know, one of the key words I think that you mentioned there is is kind of reconnecting to community and kind of building a community. And, you know, one of the things that comes to my mind when you're looking at dealing with these issues around financial security and aging and, you know, our, our older years is really the idea that we're going to have to generationally become more connected. You know, you already see like a lot of um, millennials moving back in with their parents and, you know, because of the job situations or, you know, the lack of good paying jobs, um, not jobs, but just good paying jobs that they're able to sustain themselves. And also the need for, you know, kids to take care of their parents. And I mean, it's already happening, but, you know, instead of that being a negative, you know, I really view that as a positive. I know so many people who have reconnected to their parents where maybe they have been alienated in the past that really creates a lot of value for them going forward. They're able to, even when the parents are in their 80s, they're still able to pick up some of the experiences that that parent is able to pass down as an elder and, you know, enrich their life. Everybody benefits. Yeah. And and loneliness is 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 a key uh, um, uh, a, a key. Um, I'm not going to say myth. It's it's a uh, it's a key um, uh, issue uh, when people get older. They do feel more isolated. So one of the, one of the reasons why I no longer want want to traipse off to to other countries and 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 do what I do and then come back is because I've never been able to establish a sense of community. And as I've gotten older, I've wanted that so much. And now I'm here uh, in Fairfax Station, California. I wish. Fairfax Station, Virginia. There is a Fairfax, California, much, a much better one, by the way. No offense to <laughs> Fairfax, Virginia. Seriously, it's much better. Um, I, I, I used to, to joke that, uh, yeah, I live in Fairfax or nothing even remotely interesting ever happens. And uh, it's you know kind of an affluent area, and it's safe, and that's great, you know. Um, but in actual fact, as I'm here and I'm settling down and I'm connecting with organizations and people, it's a fascinating place. <laughs> it really, it, it it really is. And of course, you take yourself with you wherever you go, and there might be what appears to be an ideal place to live and an ideal community. And if you if you're you're not there in your mind. You're not going to be there in actuality, and that's actually what I discovered when I, when I did. Um, oh gosh, what was it? Ten years ago? Um, yeah, 2008, 2009. When I tried to move to Fairfax, California, and um, be with quote unquote like like-minded people in the redwoods, and it was all wonderful. It really was. I'm not being sarcastic. It's genuinely wonderful. But um, my mind wasn't in. Uh, in, in, in the place, and of course, they were serious uh, financial concerns, which had me just face reality for a while. So, I mean, this kind of gets to like another issue mentioned, like loneliness, and I mean, it's really not just an issue for for elderly. I mean, it's like the entire society; everybody is, in some sense, feeling isolated and lonely. So, it's kind of a matter of how do we 
reverse that. I mean, obviously, reaching out to like the people around you is is key, but in some ways, we're not we're not taught that, and you know, there needs to be more done in terms of, I guess, in terms of the role of education to empower kids and young people to seek to put out down, put down their phones for five minutes yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's um it's 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 really quite remarkable um in one it's ironic because in one sense we're much more connected than we ever have ever, any generation ever has been much more connected but at the same time we're uh, it, it, it appears um well we're, we're more isolated from one another than um possibly ever before. So what what advice would you have in terms of somebody who's looking to, you know, get into living consciously or or aging consciously? Like, what would be, like, the first three things that you would suggest that they do? The first thing would be to educate yourself. These ideas did not just come to me. I felt a need. I felt a hole. I, I needed to learn. And um, I, I could, I'll, I'll throw out a, a, a few books. Uh, there, there are many books, but there are five, actually, that um, I prepared before this talk um, that, that could be very valuable to them. So there's, the, there's that, which I'll do in a moment. The second thing is um, get out. If you're engaged at a church, uh, I I stayed away from churches. I was raised in Episcopalian, and I left when I was 14. And for me at that time, from my perception, communion was a prelude to gin and tonics at the country club. So, I mean, I didn't really get it, but that's just me. So that kind of clouded my, my image of it. But I, I was always very envious of people who, who had this sense of community. They had other people that they celebrated their births and their and the rituals and, 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 and all of that. So for me personally, I've gotten involved with um, the um, Unitarian uh, Universalist congregation of, of Fairfax because of my interest in both spirituality and activism. And elder activism is another thing. Hopefully you'll, you'll call me back again and we can talk about that. Um, but but let, let me step back again to these books. The, the, a big one is, um, and I know anybody listening to this is going to have to pause and go back, because uh, this is a book by Rabbi Zalman Shachter Shalomi and Ronald Miller uh, called From Aging to Saging, A Revolutionary hmm. Approach to Growing Older. Another very important book that's just come out this year is um, by James Hollis. He's a Jungian uh, uh, psychotherapist in uh, Washington, D.C. That's called Living an Examined Life, Wisdom for the Second Half of the Journey. Kind of the same topic, but a different twist on everything, is a book by um, uh, Angelus Arian. And that's called The Second Half of Life, opening the eight gates of wisdom. Mm. There is no, you know, eight gates, but this is her This is her way of, of structuring it, just like in my book, I structure my book according to the labyrinth, the, the three steps.
steps or three phases of the labyrinth. Um, another one is by Ashton Applewhite, came out in 2016. Um, she also has a lot of videos out there, and they're great. Uh, it's called This Chair Rocks, a Manifesto Against Ageism. And uh, the last one I'd like to... to uh, there are others, for example, you, you, as you, you know well, by, by Ram Das. Yeah. Um, but, but, but before I do that, uh, and if you'd like to talk about that, I'd be, I'd be thrilled. But another very important book is, uh, and a very practical book, too, is called Conscious Living, Conscious Aging. Embrace and Savor Your Next Chapter. That's by Ron Pevney, P-E-V-N-Y. So uh, that's where I would start, um, educating myself, um, learning how I have been lying to myself and that there's much more potential to me than I thought, and I don't have to give in to a future of, of, of just winding down and diminishment and being quiet, and then one day I die. There's a lot more than that. Yeah. So, yeah. One of the um, one of the things I would say, uh, I mean, to talk about Ramdas would be, you know, a two-hour conversation. But I think if you, you know, go to Google and you uh, type in Ramdas and mindfulness, um, and uh, look at some of the YouTube's as far as some of the talks that he's done around mindfulness, um, it'll it'll connect the dots in terms of conscious living. On, on conscious aging, and as a matter of yeah. fact, uh, Sounds True has a whole pack of videos uh, on that. He also has a book that came out in 2001 that's still here, Embracing Aging, Changing, and Dying. And then, as you know, just last month, he wrote a book with um, Mirabai Bush, uh, yep. Walking Each Other Home, Conversations yep. on Loving and Dying. Yeah. So he's a remarkable, uh, uh, a remarkable person who's lived in two worlds, uh, literally and figuratively. Yes, exactly. Actually, and there's there's also a movie on Netflix. I don't know if you've been able to see it, but um, uh, Going Home. Um, it was actually released. I think it was last year. With uh, it's about Ramdas's uh, basically view at the end of life and dealing with. Um, end of life issues and kind of looking back and this whole uh, idea of uh, who am I? What have I? What have I been? And um, it's, I think it's one of the most beautiful, most amazing movies I've ever seen, and it's only thirty minutes long. So, well, James, you know the fact that you're the second person this week that's told me about it tells me something. <laughs> so, so three times a charm. There I'll, you go. I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll go watch it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's a it's an amazing movie, and I can I can watch it a hundred times, and you know I love the guy, but. Um, we're actually at the end of our uh, our time here, and I think we've crossed uh, covered a lot of ground. Um, when does your when does your book uh, expected to uh, finish its uh, editing process and be uh, released? The seventh of January. Wow, now, that's that, awesome. There's a lot in there. That means that means the uh, the first or maybe penultimate draft will be done on the seventh of January. That's my that's my target. Okay. Awesome. So spring of next year sometime we'll we'll be able to access it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. If uh, if hopefully, somebody hopefully hopefully earlier. <laughs> awesome. If somebody wants to learn more, like how can they uh, reach out to you? How can they get a hold of you? Oh my goodness. Um, let's see. 
uh, can be reached by phone and email, but I, I, I have no idea how many millions and millions of people are talking to you, so I'm watching this. So, uh, I am on Facebook um, um, as Art Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Um, I also on Facebook, I have a, a, a page... Um, Excuse me, just just uh, just a second. I know there isn't a lot of time, but I, I do have a page that focuses just on this, and that's probably the, the best entry point. Um, it's uh, and I'm going to give you the exact uh, the exact title of that. Um, <clears throat> here we go. Uh, yeah, I, I manage a few pages. I, I've got two books that I've written, and there are two pages for that. And I'm involved in uh, a climate crisis. Um, uh, work. I have a page for that. But the page that I'm talking about here is called Walking the Labyrinth of Conscious Aging and Creative Retirement. I like that. Um, Creative Retirement. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to get it all in there. And I, I'm, I'm a trained uh, uh, labyrinth facilitator with Veritas. And uh, I, I, as a spiritual tool, the labyrinth uh, is amazing. It's also an archetype and a metaphor for not only an individual's journey, but for transformation in general. So I'm incorporating that into the into uh, how how we age consciously in the book. That's what I'm doing. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, like I said, we uh, we have a ton more to talk about in terms of different issues. So we'll uh, we'll definitely talk again. Oh, I hope so. That's thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Art. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye.